0: Welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Inflation in Canada is at 7.7%. The Bank of Canada raised interest rates at record levels earlier last week. How does the federal government help businesses and keep jobs without pushing the economy into a recession? It's a tough question. One way is to help entrepreneurs with their startups, and another is to help small and medium-sized businesses invest in innovation. Wendy Curtis, Executive Director of the Northumberland Community Futures Development Corporation, and John Hayden, Manager of Enterprise Programs, will shed light on a $7.7 million grant to make a difference. You will hear about their efforts, but you might be surprised. It is not just their work within Northumberland, but also across southern Ontario and across the country that is having an impact. Have a listen. I'm so pleased to have with me today Wendy Curtis, Executive Director of Northumberland Community Futures Development Corporation, and John Hayden, Manager of Enterprise Programs. Welcome to Consider This.
1: Thanks so Thank much, you, Rob. Yeah, Thanks great to be meeting. here.
0: Wendy, can you explain how Northumberland CDFC received $7.7 million to help businesses across Southern Ontario? Sure.
2: Sure. Um, Well, first of all, let's step back that the federal government announced uh, a whole series of recovery programs. And one of them was the Jobs and Growth Fund, which is a national program is delivered through the regional development agencies across the nation. And in our case, that is FedDev Ontario. So FedDev Ontario is a federal regional development agency. So on a national level, the Jobs and Growth Fund is a $700 million bucket. I believe FedDev's portion of that is somewhere around 200 million. And they had, uh, John, you might correct me, but I think it was last summer, they opened up uh, the ability to apply and create a project that could help them to hit their objectives um, in terms of job creation and greening and inclusivity, which is a lot of uh, the key objectives behind the Jobs and Growth Fund. So we put in an application, and it was based on our past track record of understanding what's important for startups and what's important for innovative small and medium enterprise and so we made an application and it was vetted and considered by FedDev Ontario and ultimately selected and so we're very very fortunate that they selected our project because i mean we're in competition with anybody else who has also applied and The project itself is supportive to startups who are uh, post January, 2020, I believe it is. And we have money and availability of funds to support their growth to 100 startups across Southern Ontario. So this is not just Northumberland. We're executing this particular project across Southern Ontario. And then there is provision for 45 or so um, innovative SMEs that up to $100,000 and the startups are up to $25,000. So it's a significant, this is the first to probably to our knowledge, one of the more um, not, like non-repayable performance-based uh, opportunities out there in the last couple of years. So it's very leading edge on that as part of the recovery. So we're very, very excited about that. So that's how we came. It's a long story, sorry, Rob.
0: Not at all. And and SMEs, just for people who don't know, that is what, small and medium-sized enterprises?
2: Yes, that's correct. And now, so, again, we're right across Southern Ontario with both of those um, streams. And uh, both startups and the SMEs can find information on our website.
0: Most people associate, because of the name, Northumberland mm-hmm. Community um, 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 Futures um, um, Development um, Corporation, um, um, that you guys just work for Northumberland. But here you <laughs> are. Doing this incredible program from what? The Quebec border, Ottawa, Windsor, like that kind of area. That's That's a huge area. How can you explain how that works and and how you were chosen to do such a huge project over such a a large Hmm. thing, even though you're Northumberland based?
2: Well, it's a a wonderful question because... uh, (laughs) I understand the question too. It's like our name is actually not really reflective anymore of the level of business that we're doing and and mostly in partnership with the federal government because we're actually in some cases actually doing national work from Northumberland. So let me explain. We have some programs that are geographically uh, focused on Northumberland area. And one of those would be the community futures program. And, and that's also a national program, but there's something like 250 or so like organizations like ourselves across the nation that execute the community futures program. And within that program, we focus on Northumberland County. So if you are a business here um, operating, then the guts of that program are essentially lending money. And often we're lending money to startups or, or uh, organizations for whatever reason, whatever they're trying to do, aren't able to secure uh, standard commercial financing. So we lend money and, and our goal is to help them, you know, do whatever it is they wanna do on a pathway to transitioning back over to a standard commercial, you know, like a major bank or whatever. So we do the community futures program here. And from time to time, there are similar programs that are offered to the CFTCs, Community Future Development Corporations. And when we have those programs, they are specific to Northumberland County. So in the past, we've done things like, you would maybe recall, Rob, East Ontario Development Program, that was a big chunk of that was specific to this geography. So park that for a moment. In addition to that, for the last several years, we've been doing uh, all kinds of project work way outside. It's inclusive of Northumberland County, but we've advanced way beyond just this area. So some examples of that, would be, um, we've done a lot of regional work across Eastern Ontario. We've held the, the contract with the federal government to execute things and programming from here to say the Quebec border. Um, in the middle of the pandemic, the, the federal government asked us to look at supporting women. I think you and I maybe talked about that program and that program, we call it RE3. It was um, non-repayable grants to women who were struggling to keep their businesses open. And we did that in partnership from Toronto to Ottawa. And our partner was the Windsor Economic, Windsor Essex Economic Development Commission. So they did the the west part of the province. We did the east part of the province we worked in, in partnership there. And so we've been doing a lot of work there uh, like beyond Northampton County there. Our strike up, I think we've also talked about this. Strike up is our uh, number one digital Entrepreneurship for women events. it's a virtual event held uh, the first week of March every year. That's a national event. We started with a focus on Southern Ontario. and we now have uh, women from every single part of Canada participating in that from every part of Canada, plus another 27 countries are participating in our annual event. And that's digital, it's virtual, but over 5,000 people are are involved in that event. So those are just examples. And so our track record is very, um, I'm proud to say, is very strong in delivering impacts to the government of Canada in whatever you know their objectives are. We tend to hit the ball out of the park. I know that sounds a little. But
1: you might you might also add to that, uh, Rob. We receive strategic capitalization from Innovative Innovation Science Economic Economic Development Canada. I said Canada for our. Microfinance initiative, which is a women entrepreneurship loan fund, second fund of Delia, Um, and we're also lending coast to coast. So that it's all this is all opportunity emanating from here in Coburg Venture 13. But our organization became a national lending institution this year um, when we took that program national.
2: Yeah. So and that that's the kind of thing where we began something with the Federal Economic Development Agency in Southern Ontario on a women's initiative. Um, and basically it was this, is that we developed a fintech, a financial technology product that would take the bias out of lending. And so we did that ourselves, along with our uh, Canadian partner operating from Toronto, a fintech company. So, um, And then we tested it. We tested using money off of our balance sheet, and we were lending right across southern Ontario. And what we found was, uh, like, very successful lending And so when the federal government through, I said, the innovation science and economic development, Minister Ng specifically, and this would be almost two years ago, I think, I can't even recall, but they opened up um, the Women's Entrepreneurship Loan Fund. And so we felt strongly that we had a track record and we put in an application to do that. And we were one of five organizations announced in March of this year on International Women's Day, nationally, five organizations, across the nation were chosen to execute the women's entrepreneurship loan fund. So thank you, John. I mean we're (laughs) sometimes business on the go. I don't remember it all. But so now we were capitalized by the federal government, several million dollars, and we're now lending across the nation there. So there's a lot of work and so it's a it's an important question you asked. Um, but I think that we do a very good job of trying using the community futures program to support Northumberland and even during the pandemic in the associated with the community Futures program was the uh, regional relief recovery fund. RIF is what it's called. And during the pandemic, we lent over $2 million to local business and, you know, rapidly, rapidly lent. I mean, we never closed our business. We were actually one of the busiest periods of our, we're always busy, but this was like super busy
1: there's no question yeah
2: oh, it was like in like every other business we're going through the impact of pandemics with you know people away working remotely keep trying to get all this stuff done but we never missed a beat and during that time we lent as I said two million dollars worth of lending to local business through Northumberland County um, and kept probably 90 to 100 jobs uh, here current and those businesses are now in the midst of paying us back on that lending. So it was very relief oriented business. We also did a wonderful project with the Northumberland Manufacturers Association. We gave them, I can't recall, I think it was around $80,000 non-repayable, to do a lot of programming for manufacturers. And at a local level, I think they impacted, uh, off the top of my head, I think it was around 1,700 employees. So in, in terms of some some of the um training that those organizations received at a very pivotal very difficult time and some of it included like mental health supports all kinds of things and we were super busy so yes there are some programming that's very focused on northumberland but there's other programming that is either southern ontario or the east or now national on a couple of major programs so yeah
1: but it's like a venn diagram because a lot of local entrepreneurs are participating in the national programming um, and regional programming that we deliver. So it, even those bigger projects still impact local entrepreneurs.
0: I'd like to bring us back now to the, to the, uh, to the recent grant that you received, the $7.7 7 and, and John, I wanted to ask you, one of the components of this is related to startups. And I know that that's your area. Can you describe how this money is flowing through to help startups?
1: Yeah, absolutely, thank you. That is a passion of mine, early stage entrepreneurship and uh, innovation-driven enterprise. So like these are people, these are the next gen companies that are like taking big risks to like bring novel um, solutions to market, uh, usually tech-driven. Um, and uh, the, the, the early stage funding is very important because often they're, uh, you know, pre-revenue. So they're in the pre-commercial stage. Uh, so as Wendy mentioned, we're looking at this is a special targeted program for startups that uh, were, were created on or after uh, January 1st, 2020. So we're talking about really like bleeding edge uh, new companies that are coming up. It's very important that we uh, support the economic bedrock, uh, the SMEs that we talked about that are continuously improving day in and day out to stay competitive and maintain jobs and grow incrementally. But these companies have the potential to really take off if they're successful, and not all of them are. uh, But there can be very rapid, they can, there can be a very rapid rise. And so they're a very interesting segment. And our purpose here is to uh, match private investment in those companies up to 25,000 against a critical milestone in the company's development. So, first of all, we're looking at recent companies that have been able to actually raise angel or venture capital or other investment or financing in the company that's, that's private, non-government sourced. So you've got to show us that you can raise 25K and put it into the company. And you've got to commit to invest that against innovation capital, like talent and tech. Uh, and we match that in order to try to advance or accelerate timelines. So you were looking at, you know, developing a prototype and proving it in let's say a, a paid beta test or you're getting to launch your first commercial product and and put it up on, uh, you know, in the marketplace for sale or other critical, maybe you're entering a new market, like an export market. We want that to happen sooner because as Wendy said, this is an economic uh, revitalization initiative. We need uh, like our entrepreneurs firing at all cylinders now. Um, There's major macroeconomic headwinds. So the more of these companies that we can get moving uh, that, that we, can, we can hopefully, the impact can be their downstream success. So what do we do? We, we provide the funding and we also provide um, what we call strategy services. So we have a strategy consulting team. It takes a look at every company and we sit down with the founder team and we look at their go-to-market plans, uh, their business models, et cetera. And we provide a touch point uh, like with ideas and, and, and recommendations and how they can optimize those approaches so we can try to help maximize their success. Um, so that's essentially what we hope to achieve with the program.
0: So John, do you have maybe one example or two examples that you could share with us the, of a company that has either applied or has been successful in receiving this that could give us an idea of, of what it is you're talking about in real terms?
1: Sure, like like so I'll, I'll give you uh, an example of a, a company we see funded. Uh, no Abel- names, no names. Oh, sorry. Okay, and well, like in the, the past,
2: new, not on the new program. On the past,
1: yeah. So, so we had, so we had a previous program that's very similar, uh, called N One M. Maybe you re- recall yeah, that. Yeah, recall that. Yes. Yeah. So very similar, and it was matching thirty thousand of you know private investment in, in you know new uh, uh, tech startups. So we had a really amazing and overperforming like clean tech portfolio. We had a lot of rural eastern Ontario companies. Um and we also had companies in the GTA and I was just thinking of, as you said this, like one example would be um, Able Innovations, uh, Jay Singh's company, which had a very very modest uh, amount of seed funding from us, um, and they were on a mission to revo- revolutionize patient transfer, uh, which they've accomplished. Uh, they they have a system for uh, for essentially it's like a a, a, a a system for hospitals to um carefully and humanely uh, uh, move patients from like, for example, a gurney to a a bed. And uh, this was a a problem for like um, hospital staff, particularly with, with, uh, you know, transferring people, you know, uh, manually Um, and they created a robotic solution, which is just like a seamless transfer process. And this was really like an idea in the mind of an engineer. They recently raised like $9 million in venture capital. Um, and this propelling them forward, they have major partnerships with uh, hospitals, I believe, like Sunnybrook, for example, and others. Um, and they've really just took an idea and brought it to market in a very short period of time. We're talking about three or four years. That's the type of company that we can be there from the ground up with those companies and make a difference in getting them uh, to that, that initial stage and then moving forward. We're not like going to be with a company for its entire life cycle. You know, as it grows, we really we try to play that role at the beginning to help ignite something, something new. I mean, this company is, is massive and the return, I would say, to on that public investment is, you know, a, a huge multiple. Um, and now we see that company maturing and creating jobs. So, you know, that that's a, that's I think that's a fantastic uh, thing. Um, and, and, and just on the clean tech side, Rob, like Thrive Forward is the name of our new initiative. So we're looking at clean tech and digital companies, but there's a very much a sustainability focus to this. So you're going to see in the in the next cohort about 100 companies, you're going to be seeing more clean tech companies um, uh, come forward. So, and there's also critical sectors of the economy as well that we're focused on, like medical supplies, uh, biomanufacturing, food production. Um, so yeah, Wendy, I
2: just want to add to that that. Um... We've put together what I think is one of, we, we tend to work with collaborative panels that, to give us insights. I mean, we don't pretend to know everything, right? And so the collaborative panel on this particular project of Thrive Forward is really outstanding. Uh, and they're not, they're not local like John, um, just the organizations that are on the panel.
1: Yes, um, yeah, so the, yeah, this, a key part of this is being, we are embedded in a Southern Ontario chain of innovation we call it like an ecosystem and that's the parlance of this world but i mean these are organizations that we're working collaboratively to make sure that we have our finger on the pulse of like the new and up- upcoming you know entrepreneurs and innovators so so we're talking about uh Green Center Canada in Kingston uh we're talking about Ontario Clean Tech Industry Association uh Spark Angel Network in Durham region um we're working with this amazing organization called the Canadian Aboriginal Minority Supplier Council which encourages supplier diversity and as a national uh, organization with like a global focus. Um, we have Vinay Permanent from OCI, who's like keyed into the provincial um, innovation networks. Uh, and then of course, Bioenterprise Canada, which is like an engine as they say for like ag and biotech uh, innovation and have an incredible reach. So yeah, that, that's a key part of this is, is making sure that we're connected and those connections connect Northumberland like NCFTC in our community and Venture 13 to that bigger picture out there, which is key to being like uh, relevant and effective in this uh, economy.
0: So, in listening to the two of you talk, it really strikes me that by focusing on these sectors and and what the government has a strategic objective. And I guess what I'm I'm trying to get my head around right now is is what is the government hoping to achieve? Because it's specific, can you explain or give context that helps me understand and helps our audience understand who would like okay. to take that on? Well,
2: I can start and John, I know that you'll sure. certainly be vocal if we disagree. <laughs> um, yeah. The government of Canada established, I don't even recall, four or five years ago, economic strategy tables. And you can find those on uh, the government of Canada's websites, okay? these these particular sectors were assessed for their ability to put Canada at the forefront of global innovation, of jobs of the future, um, and, you know, to protect our economy because as as jobs change, right? So to put us ahead. And so there was, uh, the strategy tables were established and I see this particular jobs and growth fund and its particular emphasis be aligning with the strategy tables so that's and like the biomedical stuff and so on it's also aligning with other uh areas that are important to the federal government in terms of inclusivity and making sure that all Canadians have an opportunity to participate not just a few and so some of the things that we are doing through our project is we're actually probing well tell talk to us about in inclusivity and diversity in your organization, and how are you working on that? Because it's part of the assessment. So, an example would be the government of Canada has something called 50/30 Challenge. I'm not sure if you know anything about that, Rob, but it's basically um, a goal that we have in our boards and in our organizations, like diversity of thought, um, of gender, of of everything. Like, so they have that and there are many organizations like ours that are signed up to the 50-30 challenge. I mean, it's free. It's just a, helping us to understand stuff. So we've asked uh, some of the clients, are you aware of 5030 challenge? Are you considering these kinds of things? There's also something else called the GBA Plus, which is Gender Based Analysis Plus. It's all free. It's, it's available through one of the federal ministries. Every person at the CFTC, it's a condition of employment that they have to have taken that course so we can understand things from a different perspective, and you know, every year we uh, update it. So we've asked some of uh, the clients talk to us about G- about GBA Plus. They don't have to do it. We're just trying. We see this also as a vehicle to um, help build awareness of other decision criteria that may be going in to how Canada well, actually responds.
0: Wendy, I I, I'm, I guess why I'm asking this is because we're right now in a very interesting economic time. Yes. We've got high interest rates going on. We're yep. looking at incredible inflation. Yep. And, you know, people are crying out to the federal government to say, what are you doing to help sustain the economy? And of course, they're trying to do some great balancing act be- between not injecting too much money into the economy to create more inflation. At the same time, they've got to be acting. And I just wondered to what extent And maybe I wasn't clear, but to what extent is this program and this announcement contributing to this larger economic climate?
2: Well, I think that, first of all, the Jobs and Growth Fund was announced a year or so ago. And as we mentioned, its intent is to make sure that Canadian jobs are, you know, part of emerging technologies and or emerging sectors, and then we strengthen it. So I think the Jobs and Growth Fund, that is its goal. That is probably independent from some of the inflationary pressures that we're all under. Um, I don't see it as a solution to inflation, not one bit. I don't know, John, if you do, but
1: no, but I think I was, I was going to say, like, we've talked, we, we're reading uh, into the government of Canada's philosophy, which, and we don't want to speak for the government of Canada. And as what he said, like, you can look at the impacts that are expected from this program, reveal certain policy areas of influence, uh, of emphasis. Like, I think those, just to summarize, they boil down to supporting clean technologies. So, sustainability is key. So, clean tech and digital, that focus is about, like, you know, um, Getting to net zero, circular economics—you uh, know that those kinds of industries of the future. Then you've got diversity, equity, inclusion, which is a major philosophical approach, let's say, or policy approach. And Wendy, Wendy talked about that. And then finally, the critical sectors reveal. I think that's an experience that directly came out of the pandemic because if you look at you know food production, medical supplies, biomanufacturing, it's it's very much influenced by the importance of those sectors in terms of that recent uh, experience, but. I just want to say from our perspective, Wendy, I don't think our message has changed like in terms of what we would say to, to industry and entrepreneurs. Like from the, before the pandemic, we, our mantra was invest in innovation. During the pandemic, invest in innovation. Following the pandemic and economic recovery revitalization, invest in innovation. We have to. It's a productivity uh, challenge. It's, a, it's about economic growth, It's about uh, competitiveness. And it's not clear in this global competitive environment if one doesn't uh, continuously innovate processes as well as products and services, accessing new markets, and also you know um, renovating business models and digital transformation. I mean, it's almost like an imperative. Um, and so I, I'd say that for us, that's how we see these these initiatives, which is you know can can we ultimately. Can we trigger or can we ignite or can we by co-investing in innovation capital um, the kind of growth that will put us in a stronger economic position and we, we can't like single-handedly do that but, but I think our philosophy is to, is to invest in innovation capital that's thing that, that we're, we're talking about sinking investments into southern Ontario or eastern Ontario or Northumberland so that they can have economic multiplier effects and a return over time because we, we're investing and believing in our, ourselves and our future, I would well, say. Like that. So I invest- also
0: wonder, though, to what extent. I mean, we're we're seeing high interest rates, which tends to um, business yeah. tends to not borrow as much, and and yeah. because the rates are higher, The also impact boring, of inflation yeah. um, it, it has on their ability to sustain themselves. So again, I wonder to what extent that this program that you're offering helps bridge some of the challenges that uh, businesses may be facing in terms of these other economic factors. I mean, is this is this helping in a time when there are other
1: pressures that might be detracting? But I think like, like Rob, uh, sorry, buddy, I, I, I want to just finish this. I am sorry, but I'm very passionate about this. I think that like the, the greater the macroeconomic headwinds, the more challenging the environment, the more extreme it is, the more bearish the market, whatever this is, actually good in a way because it will make better entrepreneurs, the ones that are actually, actually able to succeed against the odds. So if you look at the number, the volume of applications we received since uh, Minister Helena Jasic announced this, this uh, program last week, it's incredible. I don't see any signal suggesting that innovators have stopped innovating. Um, and that's probably a really important thing.
2: Yeah. The other thing, I just want to round this out a bit. These funds, they're performance-based in the sense that uh, the client had, you know, let's say they're approved for a hundred thousand dollars. They actually have to go do something and prove that they did it, prove that they paid for it. And this is like a process. And the process is there to protect taxpayer funds. I mean, that's the whole point of it, but this is not for operations. So they may be struggling with, you know, supply chains, or they may be struggling with, uh, inflation themselves this is not to underwrite their operations this is to trigger them to actually invest in innovation yes. in some capacity and they've got to match it so for every 100 well we're max at 100 but the project size is going to have to be a minimum 200 we'll put in 100 but um they're actually investing in their future mm-hmm. and and so it's really uh important to understand that difference like the one thing um, I just want to share with you something that happened in the first uh, one of the pandemic maybe March or April of 2020. We had just concluded a similar uh, different but similar program where companies in eastern Ontario were um, accelerating by investing in innovation through one of our programs it was a federal at 20. Long story short, we put out a very quick little survey because people were very busy with the pandemic right then. Like, we didn't want to, like, harass people. We just put out a very simple little question. And it was one or two questions. But basically this, how did your investment in innovation capital, how is it helping you or not helping you through the pandemic? We sent out to 100 people, 100 organizations. And I believe the response rate, very busy time, was like, Like 50, 60%, which is, I thought that was fabulous. But most important to me, of the people that responded, 100% said if they had not, from their perspective, if they had not invested in the innovation that they did, they would either be, have their doors closed, they didn't think they would be here today, and they were, or they would not feel as excited and, and optimistic is a better way to put it about the future. So without the innovation, and the investment, they, many of them wouldn't have been here.
0: John, could you describe, are you optimistic looking forward with this program in your back pocket?
1: Yes, I would say like unequivocally. Um, that, that's something I love about this job is just uh, being able to work with so many entrepreneurs and innovators. And they just inherently bring uh, an optimistic you know, valence to all of this. Like they're just, they're motivated, they're hustling, they're like working day in and day out. They've got a mission and a vision. And when you add the, like, interestingly on the, let's say the the impact side, you know, especially with young entrepreneurs, like they, they have multiple bottom lines in mind. Like they're not just thinking about um, profitability, which is of course like key to sustainability, the economics of it, no question. But they're thinking about things like, you know sustainability and uh they're thinking about um you know uh uh the the, the environment and the climate crisis etc or they're thinking about how their businesses can make social change for the better um so i would say overall like i i don't think that i've worked with Northumberland cfdc cftc with this uh, organization for like greater than and i've actually never maybe i'm just like a very optimistic person or something but i've never not felt optimistic I think there was a brief period when branch plants were closing, like, you know, you know, around the year 2000, et cetera, like um, that era when we started, to, when, when I grew up in Coburg and, you know, you, you had Kraft General Foods and so on. And like, there were just a lot of people like working there. And, and, and when those jobs started to disappear, I, I felt nervous. But at the same time, it was balanced by working with for example all of our incredible like local advanced manufacturers through all those years that like just kept going to the hill like making investments believing in their future investing in innovation doing whatever they had to do and those those operations never left they didn't uh, go south um, in fact they're expanding in many cases and we're here at venture 13 in the north industrial park and we're surrounded by like that kind of economic activity. So whether it's innovative SMEs or the startups that don't stop dreaming about like, bringing some amazing new solution to market, Like to me, I would just say, bottom line, I'm optimistic.
0: Wendy Curtis, John Hayden, thank you so much for talking to me today.
1: Thanks so much, Rob. You're
2: welcome, Rob.
0: That was Wendy Curtis, Executive Director of the Northumberland Community Futures Development Corporation and John Hayden, Manager of Enterprise Programs. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County, so please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com, or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast, or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.